the greatest sports talk radio show going today. That's right, blow the whistle. With your host, Brandon Stats Januska. The White Sox are all in. They need to at least make it to the American League Championship Series. And even that might not be enough. Tyler Butterball Butterball. Lonzo Ball, he's one heck of a playmaker, and he's going to set these guys up open. He's going to set up Levine, now DeRozan, Vooch. He's going to be able to set these guys open. And last year, 37.8% from three-point. That's pretty darn good. And David Double D Dykstra. Texas will be lucky to be 500. Oklahoma will be lucky to get out of there with no more than three losses. Like, they're, they're going into conferences where they're going to get shellacked. Hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. This is your home for sports. Brandon Welcome into Blow the Whistle. Welcome to a Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. <laughs> Jeez, to whoever you. has the cue on in sportsdownchicago.com, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> You're going to die. Feel the wrath of Januska. <laughs> well, welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to Blow the Whistle. Once again, I'm David Dykstra. Brandon Januska. Tyler Buterbaugh. And I am Sakusto. So- I investigate socks. <laughs> Sock Custo. Like it? I, okay. Uh, I, I, I I'm trying to keep things spicy. It's Monday, you know. I'm trying to trying to keep it nice for us. Well, we got a lot going on this week. Uh, we've got NFL. We've got college football. We've got the greatest segment in all of radio. You're killing me, Smalls. We also have Bears talk, Bulls talk, mm-hmm. Blackhawks. Because someone's decided to start winning all of a sudden. <laughs> and we're going to play uh, another little fun game again this week of... Are we? What is your greatest football moment? So we got a lot to get to. Shout out to everyone who listens. Special shout out to those who are listening to us on the Under the Hood podcast family. If you're new, welcome in. Join the party. Like, subscribe, donate. You know, whatever you want to do. Please donate. Donate for the Please. love of all that is good in the world. Like in the world. We all like <laughs> money. We love money. Um, also, I want to take a special shout out to, you know, the people that are our regular listeners. We're coming up on a year next week. Is it really already next yeah, week? Next yeah, week, oh my gosh. next week is going to be the our... date, correct? I just want to be that sure because I keep throwing out the wrong one Mondays every time. <laughs> next Monday, okay, November twenty ninth. Got it. Will be our one year anniversary, and we are going to have a lot of fun with it. I okay. will just put it to you that way. But since we have so much to get to. Let's get to it, boys. First and foremost, we are going to throw out a question to our listeners. What was your biggest surprise in week 11 of the NFL? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. I'm going to start off with Shock Cousteau over here. Andrew Valentin, <laughs> what was your biggest shock from week 11? was my biggest shock. Well, it wasn't the Bears. That was for sure. <laughs> that, that, that's no longer a shock. That's just like 
that's almost a guarantee at this point in time. I, it's tough because I don't know. Can we even say it's a shock anymore with everything we're seeing this season? Because for the, like what the last two, three weeks now, everybody's getting either upset or they're not playing to potential. I mean, I can't even like, I, I guess the one I would say is the Colts game with the, with the Buffalo bills, considering I didn't think it was going to be that far that That much of a beat down. Yeah, exactly. I did not. I mean, I knew Jonathan Taylor was good. I didn't think he'd have the kind of, he just decided to go video game mode on everybody and just ran rough shot over the bills defense, which I thought was arguably one of the best, if not the best rushing defense in the NFL. So I guess that's the one surprise. He went Tecmo Bowl Bo Jackson. Exactly. (laughs) But I can't even say that was that big a surprise because look at the year we're having with the NFL. Everybody's losing these kind of games now. So I guess if I have to pick one, I guess that's my game. All right. Tyler, what was your biggest whoa moment? Um, I was going to pick the Colts and Bills because, like, again. Go ahead. Uh if that was your moment, that was your moment, dude. Oh, no, it certainly was a moment. No, I got a, a, a different one because, I mean, the Colts and Bills, that was a huge surprise. But shout out Jonathan Taylor for helping me on my fantasy team. <laughs> I would say so. Three-fourths of his points. Jeez. I know. It was insane. <laughs> <laughs> but one of my biggest surprises was the Kansas City and Cowboys game just because Kansas City's defense kind of really showed up in this game, and I was a little surprised by that, and I was expecting – more scoring from both teams. It was a very low scoring game, 19 to 9. Mm-hmm. So I was expecting if Kansas City is so and so called back that they that yeah. people are saying that they are, back. I would have expected them to score like 20, 30 points. And right. I was expecting Dallas to score at least 20 points as well. But how have they been playing this year? Yeah. But it was, I mean, I guess my biggest surprise is just more of Kansas City's defense stepping up that much. I mean, I said this before on with my boy Drew on X Bomb Sports. Check us out, by the way. Uh, just say <laughs> shameless promotion. No, I said this before. I'm like, remember, what was it? The Super Bowl and even last year, their defense was kind of like eh in the beginning, right? But all of a sudden in the second half, they turned it on. So this may be the point where maybe they're kind of like, all right, we know what we got to do. We know it clicks. So this could be their moment or it could just be a moment for them. All right. And Brandon? Yeah, my biggest moment has to be Houston, who I called the worst team in the NFL. Yeah, I said that last week on on either Blow the Whistle or X-Bomb Sports. I said Mm -hmm. they are the worst team in the NFL. I don't care that the Lions don't have a win. I still still think Houston's probably the worst team in the NFL. But to come back and upset the Tennessee Titans, five or more takeaways now for Houston in back-to-back games, they're starting to turn it on defensively. Their offense still isn't very good, but they ended up winning that one 22-13. And Ryan Tannehill, a fun stat on him. Oh, my God. He's 5-20 in games where he has to pass 40 or more times, which tells you he is not the guy who's going to win you the games. No. We already knew that here, yeah. but that's <laughs> he's not the guy. And now can, without can you say Derek it one Henry, more time just yeah. so everybody out there can stop yelling at you, me, Drew, and everybody <laughs> else who's been saying without Derrick Henry they're not winning a Super Bowl. So. Uh, yes, uh, Ryan Tannehill is not the guy who's going to win you games. Thank they need you. to get the running game going. Well, they need old man Peterson to step up. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they, or something's going to have to, like, that defense has to be perfect from here on in. Or do they go out and find someone who just absolutely blows it away? I mean, somebody that stuffs I mean, up out of nowhere. Maybe. I mean, there is there is a certain someone out on waiver wires right now, or actually got released. So it's true. Le'Veon Bell is out there. It's I mean, very true. If, you, if you really want to go that route, oh, I, I was would, just, I wouldn't if I was Tennessee. But I was just surprised that Tennessee would 
go after Adrian Peterson. I get it. Like, great veteran running back from in his prime. going to sell tickets, going to sell jerseys, all that. But if you're going to want a player that would want need to step into the place of Derrick Henry, which is yeah. nearly impossible, mm-hmm. Adrian Peterson's not that route. Yeah, you don't want to go after the guy that, obviously, Derrick Henry, I think you could say, listen, he is the new Adrian Peterson, if you will, oh, yeah. of the NFL. Why would you go after what he will probably inevitably be towards the end of his career, which is, hey, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Will he have a Super Bowl? Who knows? You know, like that's going to be probably his destiny. So because that's, I don't, I don't get it either. I it's agree just with such you. A, it's such a heavy run offense. Yeah, I don't know why they would pick a guy that um, hasn't been relevant in like the past few years. Yeah, and he didn't have a bad game. He didn't. He, no, did, he, he did not. No. And as a team, they rushed for 103 yards. So it's not a bad rushing game for the team. It's just he's not the guy that's going to be there every down for Tennessee. It's a bad rushing game. Yeah, but they they did put up the hundred yards rushing. Of they actually put a 420 total yards in the game, so the yards were there, but their defense just fell apart. weren't able to contain the Texans, and they just weren't turning those yard those yards into points. Yeah, they couldn't finish drives, and that's where it fell on Tannehill. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing. Like when you think about it too, Mark, Mike Vrabel is a defensive-minded head coach. So this defense not being there, that's concerning right now, especially for Tennessee. I will say the one surprise for me at least was the Detroit game. Yeah. I mm-hmm. thought for sure this might be their first win. So close. I called Detroit. I, I and I, I didn't make those picks, but I came so close to getting that one right. I thought for uh. sure that might be their first win of the season. Uh freaking Baker. But, well, here's the thing. <laughs> Chubb was back. That's true too. And and, and, that, and he played like he does. You can say what you want about Baker Mayfield, but when Baker has Chubb in that backfield, oh, he feels so it's, comfortable. It's a totally different Baker Mayfield on that field. Yeah. Although he did throw two interceptions, I just want that clarified. But nevertheless, <laughs> he still felt like he was in his zone because he's like, if anything, I got to hand the ball off to Chubb, exactly. and I feel, and I'm in a good mode. Yeah. Well, since we went over our surprises, let's look forward a little bit to Thanksgiving Day. Do you see any surprises Thanksgiving Day? <laughs> do, I, I, do I dare I, even? I mean, saying it for which year? So, so real quick, there, just to give you kind of a picture, this is the earliest that there has been a no undefeated or one loss team in mm-hmm. the NFL. So the upsets, if you think there's more upsets than usual, you're right. Yeah. There is. And going into this last week, there was not a single two or more game winning streak in the NFC. The AFC there were, but in the NFC, nobody had won more than one game in a row, Jeez. which just tells you kind of the back and forth nature of this season. Yeah. yeah. Our buddy Brian Houston uh, B-Mark. already has his take on the uh, the Detroit Lions, as we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. He said, don't worry, they'll get their first win on Thursday. Yeah, I, I was going to just say, well, yeah, we'll we'll your upset. It. I've been there's... saying it for weeks now. I, I, Listen, the way this bear I don't this Bears team, unfortunately, I don't have enough to say that I think they can beat the Lions at this point. Yeah, I really is, don't. Is it an upset though? I would not be surprised if the Lions are favored, they are favored by one, favorite? maybe. It's possible. Just being at home and all the missing pieces for the Bears, if Allen Robinson a, doesn't go, if Justin Fields yeah. Justin is, Fields to Dalton, I don't think is, is that big Allen of a Allen Robinson no. a difference. big miss right now though? I, to be, I'm being depends very, on the quarterback, I think, because if Justin Fields is out there, no, no, it's not a problem because he likes Darnell Mooney more than anything. If Dalton's out there, though, yeah. Yeah. Dalton has a connection with Allen Robinson. That's 
where the problem is. So it's a lot doing with the quarterback. So. But see, here's here's my issue with Allen Robinson. At that, when you say that, mm-hmm. there's a reason Mooney and and Fields are so tight. Mooney was the wide receiver that stayed out and caught passes from Fields and showed him. True. Uh, Allen Robinson, you're supposed to be the leader of that wide receiver core. Mm-hmm. Why weren't you the one staying out with the rookie quarterback? <laughs> doing what needs to be done to get that connection with your your future of the Bears, whether you're here or not. He was still upset about the contract. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, that being said, Brandon, other than the Bears, do you think there's any upset coming in the Thanksgiving games? See, I'm, I'm really big on Josh Allen and the Bills, but I think there is a chance that they go down to New Orleans and they could lose that game. To Trevor Simeon? To Trevor Simeon, no, I do. I think that the right. Saints I think the Saints could <laughs> defensively, did, defensively, defensively yes. turn this into a game similar to Jacksonville and hold that Bills offense, who now have had two weeks where they just don't show up, only 15 points against the Colts. If the Saints can do something similar, they could pull off the upset. I, I still am favoring the Bills, but I think there's a chance at an upset there. Tyler? Um, I mean, the Bears one, that's just an obvious one, we'll, and I'll get into that one later when we talk about Bears. <laughs> but I'm going to also go with, uh, I think the Saints are going to upset the Bills, even if that's even considered an upset at this point, because the Bills have just been a complete disappointment. From the beginning, be- I said they were going to win the AFC Right now, I don't even think we all picked them to be in the Super Bowl. Pretty sure that might be another one of those games that's just like a one or two point favorite by the Mm -hmm. Saints at home. And just how the Bills are playing right now is just it's an utter disappointment. Saints are kind of a little hot right now with Trevor Simeon somehow. Yeah, but (laughs) from the beginning of the the season, (laughs) I did not. I was very confused on this. Uh, Saints quarterback situation. Yes. Never in like a thousand years, or maybe even a million, <laughs> I would ever thought Trevor Simeon would be riding as a starting QB at this moment. Yeah. I, I will say this. If anything, it does say something about Sean Payton, I guess, as a head coach. As a, as a quarterback he's, he's brilliant coach, at yeah. getting quarterbacks out there and playing well. So, Well, let me do mine real quick since none of y'all had the grapefruits to do it. I see the, the Las Vegas Raiders go into Dallas and beat the Cowboys. I can believe that actually. I, I really believe that. I one. think I think they've got played well last week. Yeah, they played well. They just didn't pull it off. Yeah, and and, yeah. and Dallas. I'm waiting for that that shoe to drop with Dallas, and I think it started with last week, yeah. this, <laughs> yesterday's game. I really, really do. And Derek Carr is mad when he he's mad. Very, he very always mad. comes back the next. It's been proven that he's like five and two or something like that. When he said he's upset about a loss. <laughs> He comes back with a win, so watch out, Dallas. <laughs> I'm, t- I'm telling you, it's going to be a better game than anybody thinks. Well, that's going to do it for our first little bit of NFL talk, but it, the chaos in the AFC is here, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to talk about it next on Blow the Whistle. Taylor in for another touchdown. It's a one-yard run, the dynamic Jonathan Taylor. For third and four. Tannehill throws. And it's intercepted. Terrence Mitchell. It's a fourth interception today. Bill Belichick has his 16th shutout as a head coach. In the NFL is 13th with New England. This was a sound beating by a team that is definitely on the rise and to be reckoned with in the AFC. 
highlights courtesy of CBS, ABC, NFL Network. Welcome back to Blow the Whistle. We're about to talk about the chaos that is going on in the AFC. I'm going to throw out a real quick question, and then I'm going to come to my boys. Who will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl? Hit us up on all our social medias at Blow the Whistle. Blow T Whistle 1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E 1. Tyler, who you got? Uh, this is... It's just a tough one. Everyone's so freaking close. But with, with a healthy Lamar, I would say Baltimore. <laughs> I think Baltimore would win the AFC. But... I, I want to say still say the Bills, but I mean, I don't know what the heck is going on over in Buffalo, that dumpster fire. My biggest but, issue with the Ravens is the lack of run game. Oh, yeah. And well, I mean, Lamar changes that because Lamar runs the ball. Right. Yeah. But you still have no... I mean, Devontae Freeman looked decent yesterday, but that was against the Bears. Mm-hmm. So how much can you put into that? Right. I think yeah. just right now it's just because it's so inconsistent with all these teams... One team in the AFC that's been surprising me, and I hate to say it, is New England. Why? I know you're. Why? You're just giving me just this look. Why? Oh just well, if you look at this, nah, if you want the me defense to, is what's really yeah. helping them. Mac is playing solid, mm, decent, want, but he's. But I think a lot of it is that defense. You want me to piggyback off of you? They're my pick right now. Yeah, is they're it? my pick to go to the Super Bowl from they're the my AFC. Second. They are my pick. No, without a shadow of a doubt. Okay. Belichick is doing his thing. Max building as much as we all hate to say it. Mac Jones is building more and more confidence every single week. And that defense is just playing balls out right now. They have the highest point differential in the league. Right now, right now, New England is the team to beat in the AFC. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Andrew. That's fine. If everyone wants to be wrong, that's okay. <laughs> Who you got, Mister Mister? I'm wrong. I'm taking the Chiefs. Ooh. I'm still taking the Chiefs. Uh, I know. I know. At the beginning, we said Bills. I will say this: Listen, the Patriots right now they're in their groove, right? It's Belichick with a young quarterback. He's showing a lot of good things right now, but. Come the big moments against big time games, I know Belichick is ready for the moment. I think this kid has the poise for it. But when you're talking about a playoff winner go home type of situation. I don't know where what he's going to look like. Obviously, it may be a different story by the end of the season, but the Chiefs have everything right now that I think offensively in terms of you know veteran ability, in terms of the speed and everything, and now the defense looking like they possibly are starting to get things together. I still think they have an opportunity here because, listen, we thought they were dead in the water for a few weeks back, and now they've started to resurge a little bit. I know this past week did not look good for the offense, but on the defensive side, you could say it was a win for them. So if the offense can get back on track and the defense can continue to build off of what we've seen the last two games, I think there's a good chance that the Chiefs are back on top of the AFC once again. Well, and very quietly, very quietly, somebody was activated over the weekend for the Chiefs as well, which yes. will make a world of difference for the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. That The running back hides Collaire. Yep. Is is a difference maker on that on that offense. I don't care what anyone says. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, I know people are going to be, oh, you're just an LSU fan. No, it's it, he's really that good of a running back. He helps in the pass game. He's a strong runner at five eight two oh five. He runs like a bowling ball. He runs like, and I say this again, 
He reminds me of Frank Gore. He doesn't go down easy. He fights through tackles, and that's what you want. Darrell Williams is fine. He's great, but he's great coming out of the backfield as a receiver. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the man that you want running the ball 25, 30 times in a game who will get you in the end zone. And well, he has good hands, too. Well, Absolutely. And here's, for all those detractors that want to go that, that Andrew's just fanboying, I would have said Bengals no, if you want me to. No, no. Here's here's my, <laughs> no. Here's my thing. Uh, Hilaire was not who the Chiefs wanted to pick. That was purely Patrick Mahomes calling up the Chiefs as they're on the clock, going, "Get that kid. That's who we need. He is going to take our offense to another level." Yeah, and he did for the first half of last season. Yeah, and then injuries started to t- catch up to him last season, too. Exactly. My only thing with the Chiefs' offense, I don't... I mean, they could get like much better than they obviously started, but I don't think they're going to get back to what they used to be because with the loss of those two, like their best offensive linemen right. from the last year, the offense isn't the same as it used to be. Mahomes is not getting the protection that he's getting. He's running for his life, and it's really showing. Yeah. Because kind of like what I was saying about the, the Dallas game, if they were going to be back on track, like they said, that should have been a blowout game. No, and that's true. And that, and that's true. And, and honestly, it's a fair evaluation of the Chiefs. Their offensive line currently is right now the weakest point, I would say, of their offense next to their running game, which has been non-existent, really. But nevertheless, this Chiefs team still has that chemistry. And they've got the coach, too, that I think, if anything, can challenge a guy like Bill Belichick. We've seen him do it before. Again, Belichick does... He's the only coach that I've seen change the line... On you know on betting, that's the uh, he's the only guy I've ever seen do that as a head coach. But I don't think the Patriots are there. They're getting there, but they don't have enough fuel just yet to be that team that you can say, okay, they're winning a championship this year. It's just not going to happen. I don't think. But once again, Edwards Hilaire brings in that that whole aspect of now the Chiefs' offensive line doesn't have to worry about pass protection exactly every single freaking play, and it'll make it a little easier for that offensive line. That's a good yeah. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. It, it's another weapon that's often overlooked. I'm I mean my top choice is also the Patriots. Like <laughs> like you guys said, uh, Tyler pointed out the point differential. They actually have given up the second fewest points in the league, one seventy seven. The Bills have only given up 176 but the Patriots have played an extra game the Patriots have not had their bye yet the Bills did so the Patriots have played an extra game and have given up just one point more so in my eyes they're still the fewest in terms of points per game they are they've given up the fewest points allowed that defense that is something you can ride we've seen Patriots teams ride their defense to Super Bowls before I don't see why they can't do it again this year and like David pointed out Mac Jones is just continuing to heat up that team looks good a dark horse for me right now I'm gonna go with the horses the Colts the Indianapolis Colts right like now that. yeah, are a, on fire. They've mm-hmm. won three straight, and Jonathan Taylor is just killing it. Well, but see, here, once again, everybody, the, 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 do you trust a team that's led by Carson Wentz? I'll and, say, I'm going to say <laughs> this. That's my whole I'll thing. say yeah. this right now. I'll say this. If, De- if Derrick Henry really is out for the entire full length of this regular season, I think it's actually possible that the Colts win the division. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Two, games back, two games back right they now. can win the division. I, I, could, with, I could see that. With the way their offense is functioning right now and their defense, too. You got to give some credit to that defense, too. They've, they've looked pretty good in past games. So I think the Colts have a great chance to win that division now. My my dark horse, if, if I'm going to, if we're going to talk 
if we're going to talk dark horses, my dark horse is the Chargers. Okay. You okay. just I like it. Uh, uh, Justin I, Herbert is a beast. Justin Herbert's a beast. You got Eckler, mm-hmm. dominant, dominant, dual threat running back. And then that defense, my, the, my biggest issue is the defense. They are here one week, gone the next. Yeah. If they could get some kind of sustainability where they're just average to above average mm-hmm. on a weekly basis, that Chargers team becomes a very, very dangerous team to play. Okay. Yeah, and Justin Herbert is actually the first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 350 yards and rush for 90 in a game. Jeez. So Lamar's never done it because he's never had the passing yards to match. <laughs> Vic never did it. Yeah, he's the only one, 350-plus and 90 on the ground. That's crazy. Awesome. My dark horse, and it's kind of out there, I'm going with Cincinnati. Yes! Because, <laughs> yes, Tyler. Uh, First off, somebody's got to take control of that freaking division. That's very true, too. They are all right there. But, Except I mean, the Browns. what I'm just loving about the, about the Bengals is we're seeing a full season so far out of Joe Burrow because mm-hmm. he went out late in the first his rookie's year. And his the connection that he has with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, I believe, is going to win. Offensive rookie of the year. Oh, without a shadow of a doubt. And just seeing that offense with those two Mm -hmm. is just, it's lethal. Yeah. And they've been a huge surprise to me. They've been on a little bit of a slump, which they lost to the Jets, which cost me my car. uh, (laughs) Yeah, how's that going for you? Still on on the Facebook marketplace. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's who I'm going to go with is going to be the Bengals. Okay. Um, If I'm going to pick a dark horse real quickly, I would say, since he already said the Bengals, I'll go with the Bills still. Josh Allen's still a good player. Looks like Stephon Diggs is back on track. I still, even though they got crushed last this past week, I still think that defense is still a top 10 defense when they're playing healthy and all together. I think the Bills can still win that division. It'll be tough because the Patriots, the Patriots-Bills game is going to be a great game. That's going to be a great game. Yeah. But I think the Bills still have enough youth and juice and enough credibility at this point that they can beat the Patriots. And I think they can be the team of the AFC still. I will say this. The only way Jamar Chase does not win Rookie of the Year is if Mac has like a crazy. Is if Mac Jones ends up in the Super Bowl. That's the only way Jamar Chase doesn't win the Rookie of the Year. Yeah. yeah. Although okay. voting, I believe, I know it is for baseball. I believe NFL is the same way. Voting has to be put in before the postseason yes. begins. Oh, really? So it's oh, just okay. based on regular season. All right. Okay. Well, yeah. he's got to have to have some like crazy it's four be, or five like, touchdowns. It's going to be those two one. Yeah. So yeah. when he plays yeah. the Jets, yeah. you know, he'll <laughs> for sure. Well, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting to see how this AFC pans out. I mean, there just really isn't that dominant AFC team that we're used to being like up. Oh, it's a, and you know what? I'm okay with it. Somebody it makes it take it. Who yeah. wants it? Who wants it? it <laughs> makes it more right? interesting. I mean, with the Chiefs being the way they were, they, it should have been the Chargers just taking charge of that division, but it, it just didn't happen for for that time that the Chiefs were yeah. just. And I would have said absolutely. Las, I would have said Las Vegas, but they've just got too much They're going too on. Much yeah, back and, back and <laughs> so much, too, too much, too much inter, in Vegas, too much inner tournament. Well, unfortunately, that's gonna do it. But coming up next, it's the greatest segment in all of radio. That's right. It's time for you're killing me, Smalls. And if you've had a moment this past week that had you just saying you're killing me smalls hit us up on facebook twitter or instagram at blow t whistle one that's b-l-o-w-t-w-h-i-s-t-l-e-1 and let us know you're killing me smalls 
right. That's right. It's that time. It's that time Woo! for the best segment in all of radio. You're killing me, Smalls, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! And if you've had a moment <laughs> over this past week that Ted, you saying, you're killing me, Smalls. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. I want to throw in a little something special for all those people that listen to us from the Under the Hood podcast. If you have a You're Killing Me Smalls moment and you want to send it to us, we will read it on air next week because I think, and I'm going to just throw this out to you guys, we're doing what? A four-hour show next week? That's in the, It's in the works. Where That's what we're talking about. Why not do a full hour hour of You're Killing Me Smalls? Hey, send them in. Give them to us. Jeez. Do no more. I like Say no that. more. I'm down. Just a full hour of complaining about whatever got and us we'll mad bring in sports. In, we'll Let's bring in it. as many of the sports emphasis people <laughs> and as many of a the- rotating chair of just people. <laughs> anybody who wants to come in here and like do a You're Killing belt. Me Smalls, we'll have them come in and do one. That being said- Hey, Brandon, you haven't gone first in a while. You're <laughs> early. <laughs> You're up. I'm going to go first like five straight weeks and be like, yeah, oh, you haven't the- gone first in a while. <laughs> really? Were you here last week? <laughs> in this case, I wasn't here last week, so yeah. it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, it works. It works. All right. Well, I'm going after the guy we all know, the guy we all love, the good old Matt Nagy. Oh, okay. Everybody <laughs> loves Matt Nagy, right? Sure. Uh, yeah. yeah. If you're on the visiting sure. sideline, then <laughs> yes, yes, you probably Probably do. And I'm going to go back to a specific moment in yesterday's game because I could just say the game as a whole or Matt Nagy in general. But a specific moment, there was a fourth and one opportunity for the Bears. Oh, I know it's a, Yeah. <laughs> a fourth and one coming up. The Bears, uh, Nagy's having trouble with his headset. Something's going on on the sideline. The Bears end up calling a timeout. They had, they had the punting unit out there. Looked like they were going to punt. Nagy didn't want to, so they call a timeout. Because he couldn't get the call out yep. because whatever was going on with his headset. So what do they do? They have time during the timeout to figure out what to do. They decide to go with a wildcat. They have David Montgomery in the backfield by himself, just alone back there. Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton's down at the bottom of the screen, just out wide. Obviously, you know it's not going to him. Uh, they could Maybe, try a Philly special, yeah, but <laughs> I think that would have worked better. No, they try to run it up the middle with David Montgomery. Doesn't work. He's dropped for a loss. Turnover on downs. Is that the best you could come up with during that timeout? You pulled back the punting unit for that? If you're going to do a wildcat situation, have Darnell Mooney or someone else in the backfield with him or coming across the side in the backfield so that there's another option. If Montgomery's in the backfield by himself, everybody out there knows what's going to happen. They know he's going to run it. He's probably going to run it up the middle because you don't have good enough blocking to take it to the outside. So he's going to run it up the middle. They were ready for it. The Ravens made the stop, and it's a turnover. Not only that, you just wasted a timeout, too, so that you could turn it over to them. So for that whole sequence of events there, Matt Nagy, I say to you, Killing me, Smalls! You know what's funny about that situation was when I was watching the game, when they were originally going to punt it, and then that headset thing happened, yeah. timeout, and then they went decided to go for it. When they brought the punt team out there, the whole crowd was booing them, and then they called <laughs> yeah, the timeout. Right. And I was through my head. I was like, Nagy, did you really just get bullied by the Bears <laughs> fan base to switch your decision 
That's that's, that's a, quite that possible. Possibility. That was my first. That, thought, that was my first original thought, and then I saw his headset fell. I'm like, okay, maybe that's the reason. Yeah. But I guarantee you got bullied. Yeah. By they the don't fan like base. me. No, we don't like you. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Well, that being said, I'm going next. Let's hear it. Mine goes out to Florida Gators football. <laughs> Oh, what happens? Let's just rewind to a week ago, not just this past weekend, but a week ago where you're playing a division. What two or three? Uh, D. I think they're D. Are they FCS? Yeah, I think so. Are they FCS? Yeah, I think okay, so. Well, so we'll give you credit where you're FCS at least. <laughs> Sanford Lords here. Let's go with Sanford. That. You are down at halftime, 42 to 35. At this point, Florida football, you should be firing Dan Mullen at the halftime of that football game. You are the number one football school in the state of Florida where not only are the best recruits at, but probably the best football players in all the country at. It's possible. They're in Texas. Yeah, it's, it's 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 a flip flop yeah. every year. That being said, okay, you come out of that game winning seventy two to fifty three. Mm-hmm. You go up to Missouri this past weekend. <laughs> oh, guess what happens? You screw the pooch and you lose to Missouri. To Missouri. I'm not even going to say Missouri. It was Missouri. 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 <laughs> Mizzou. 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 Who? Not even ranked, not even good. No. Now, like, they don't even have an outstanding player on the team. Nope. And you just screw the pooch again. So what happens? You come out yesterday and you finally say Dan Mullins is gone. But he's going to finish out the season because they don't fire anybody in season. Where do you think they learned that from? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sounds familiar. (laughs) Florida. For being the number one team in the state of Florida, but not being able to beat irrelevant teams, I give you a big old... You're killing me, Smalls. Andrew. Okay. (laughs) All right, so mine is a little bit more on the serious topic. So for those who don't know, there was a huge incident that took place last week where former NFL player Zach Stacy. Who you, was a fifth round pick, I believe, by the Rams. I was going to say, I'd never even heard of the dude before. I had heard this. about him before, yeah. but Zach Stacy, former NFL player, uh, was recently arrested. He's currently free on bail, uh, only a $10,000 bail, I can't believe, after a video popped up from TMZ of Zach Stacy and his girlfriend with their five month old son on the couch of him physically assaulting his girlfriend. I'm talking about, if you, you can watch the video too. Two punches and then throwing her as though it was WWE into the television as the TV then collapses on her and yelling at her. Now, the reports on what the argument was about are differencing. A lot of it is, uh, from his side, he's saying it's about $500,000 or so that were taken from him or something like that. Uh, she's saying it was just an argument over uh, just a dispute between them about the relationship and stuff. Either way, how could... I've watched this video. How could you possibly do something like that to your girlfriend when your son is right there? Because afterwards, he picks her up off the floor and then throws her into the couch where their son is at, which then tells me, so 
You already don't care about her safety, which is already a problem with me right there. And then you take on the notch that you throw her almost into your son. That means you don't care about your son's safety. It's a five-month-old baby. So for Zach, because I I don't want to get too, I got words that could come out for Zach Stacy because people know how I get passionate on this kind of stuff. But for Zach Stacy, for your unbel- for everything you've done wrong in this situation, I hope you go to jail. I hope that you're there for life. Everything that you've done wrong in this situation, I say to you, sir. You're killing me, Smalls. Can I just yeah. say one thing? Out of all that, and I don't condone any of it. Yeah. Out of all of it, the one thing that got to me more than any of it is that he did it in front of his five-month-old kid. Exactly. Like, seriously, yeah. dude. Like, I don't condone you beating the crud out of your girlfriend anyway, yeah. but the fact that you did it in front of your child, trust me, as a father, there are things that you just <laughs> do not do. Laying hands on a woman is one of them, but then going above and beyond and doing it in front of the child. Yeah. Man. That's next I, level there, trash. There, yeah. There's Absolutely. a special place in hell for you, sir. Absolutely. But that being said, Tyler, it's your turn. Ah! All right. <laughs> Speaking of special places in hell, we got one. <laughs> All right, this. I'm turning. I'm making this a little more positive. Please, please really? do. Um, as everyone, I'm probably saw Hopefully. the great, uh, the wonderful brawl that happened ding, ding, uh, ding, ding, ding. in the Lakers and Pistons game last night. I'm going all over the place for this. First off, NBA, congrats to you for actually ejecting LeBron and I favored him this time. So I'm happy on about that. But LeBron for absolutely having an absolute cheap shot for going for a rebound. You look at the replay and it was so it was absolutely deliberate. It was just horrible. I I I would be I'm I'm a little bit Monday. <laughs> That's all, folks. Has um, a personation there. Isaiah Stewart. I understand why you'd get upset. Yeah, but no reason to pull in Ron Artest and absolutely. Oh, I get absolutely the whole And I just saw the. They have a documentary on that on yeah. Netflix. Amazing, by the way. Absolutely. It was just madhouse in that oh, stadium. Yeah. But I mean, it's just such a typical Detroit thing to do. But I mean, Isaiah Stewart, I don't, I don't, um, I'm, I'm with you of why you'd be upset because that's such a cheap shot. And you probably same thing that went probably went through your head that mm-hmm. would have went through my head is that it's LeBron. He would have been able to get away from it. Oh away yeah, with it. of course. So absolutely glad the NBA legitimately ejected the man, yeah. which um, I would have been surprised if they didn't. They yeah. would have been like technical or some crap <laughs> like that. But. This, this, uh, you're killing me, Smalls, can add on to see what happens to both of those players if they both get the same punishment as it should be. Mm-hmm. But again, I would not be surprised if Isaiah Stewart gets more, more times, uh, more games out for, uh, than LeBron. Yeah. But, uh, I can go like with everyone on this situation. <laughs> so, Absolutely. LeBron James, Isaiah Stewart, and just everyone's trying to control this whole chaotic situation. Uh, guys, I give you a big old. You're killing me, Smalls. Can I just say that was the first thing that went through my head when I saw the fight? I was like, yeah. "Ooh, somebody's uh, tunneling his oh. his inner meta world." Piece. I really wish they would have just let Isaiah Stewart go and just let's see what happens. Will LeBron put up? Will oh, defend himself? My, my biggest hey, issue with that was though, <laughs> you know, LeBron knew he did bad because he hit the dude, and all of a sudden he goes. Like yeah. You just see him go, oh, I'm sorry. And not only that, Isaiah Stewart, a guy who's already got temper tantrum problems. Come on. And it's the Pistons. Don't hinger the man. Come on. It just cracked me up the most. You're in when, Detroit, LeBron. Don't do it. No. Don't do it. What happened? Stewart, like, walked away, and then I don't know what, like, 
what uh, yelling was going about, but he just sprinted. Oh, back. <laughs> my favorite is though. Russ did get the tech. He got a tech. Oh, yeah. So. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> that is all the time that we have for the best segment in all of radio. You're killing me, Smalls. Once again, if you have it, you're killing me, Smalls. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. But it was duck season. Uh, full effect this weekend. We're gonna talk about it here on Blow the Whistle had to experience with injuries and ups and downs. The fact that they're still alive in the ACC is remarkable. And it's a testament to their players for hanging in there and continuing to battle. 48 to 27, the final score. Career wins in 17 years here. And really, none bigger on this home field. It's the second time in their school history they beat a top five team at home. Wilson, Smith, and Jigma, Olave, all over 100 yards, combining for five touchdown receptions today. Taking my stuff now? <laughs> wow. I really Tyler. liked it. Oh, welcome back to <laughs> Blow the Whistle. I'm here with Brandon Januska, Tyler Buterball, and Andrew Valentin. I'm David Dykstra. Um, Glad duck, you remembered that too, by the way. Duck season uh, was in full effect in Utah, man. I love it. You got to work on your like, sound effects. My, Elmo, doing, my yeah. Elmo Fudd? Yeah. <laughs> the ducks. It's Doc. You mean Alex Caruso's here? Alex Caruso. He's on the show. But that being said, (laughs) the Ducks are almost undoubtedly out of the top four. So my question to our listeners, who is in the college football playoff now that the Ducks have lost and what team outside the top four will make it in? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. Brandon, thoughts? Who's your top four first off? So top four, I, I'm going to go with Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, and Cincy. Okay. So those those are my top four now as Oregon drops well out. Okay. And so, yeah, that's... Who's your dark horse coming out of the top four to be in the the college football playoff if it happens that way? Uh, so the one, I mean, we talked a little bit about it oh, earlier. Earlier, it, 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 it's killing us to say it. Too. Yeah, uh, Notre Dame. Notre Dame is right there. They're right. I'll just leave. Now. They're right yeah, on can, the cusp. You can leave now because I'm going to give you the reason why Brandon and I think this yeah. is going to happen. They're right on the Gosh. cusp. I know Michi- Michigan. If they can win the Big Ten, I think they can possibly yeah. jump in as if well. If they beat Ohio State yeah. next week, mm-hmm. that that's a for sure thing. Yeah, Tyler, I'm going to go with. I'm just going to go right down the line. I'll save you for last. You can take all the the abuse. (laughs) Thank you. I got Georgia, Ohio State, Bama. And even though I said, I don't know, after I was watching that game, they played against SMU. I think they can win out, and I think they'll keep keep them in the top four, in the four spot, uh, Cincy. Okay. Um, We've converted him. Dark Horse. I'm going to have to. I was going to say Michigan. But, I mean, I just don't think they have a chance against Ohio State after what Ohio State did to them, <laughs> to Michigan State, last Saturday. Man. So, I, I hate to say this as well. I'm going to have to pick Notre Dame. I mean, I don't it, see Oklahoma it, State going up there. It's – it's no. I, Oklahoma State's going to end up pooing the bed at some point. They still have Oklahoma, right? Uh, the Bed River. Yes, they do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. That's, that's next weekend. Mm-hmm. I, there's going to be a lot of good games next weekend. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go next. Uh, I say 
Georgia won. After the performance on Saturday, I think Ohio State jumps Alabama. Mm-hmm. And can, can I just say, Andrew, kudos to you. CJ Stroud's the real deal. I told you. He, he, he put on I told a, you. He I wasn't put sure on a show. If he was going to be, because he started off the season slow. Of course. But I mean, damn. And can we just, <laughs> and can we just say, just right here on Blow the Whistle, Olave is no longer the best wide receiver on that team. No. Grant Wilson is just yeah. Un- is it Williams or Wilson? It's Garrett Wilson. Garrett Garrett Wilson. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> Garrett Wilson. You knew who you, you were talking about. Yeah. You potato, potato. <laughs> but Garrett Wilson is the real deal and probably oh, yeah. one of the best wide receivers in the nation. Well, when you think about Ohio State, they've got five guys that are five star recruits at wide receiver and. Two of them were the top receivers in the nation when they're recruiting class. Yeah. So says everything about them. Uh my number three is uh Alabama. Number four is Cincinnati. Yes, and unfortunately, and I'll give you the reason why. Go for it. Michigan does not beat Ohio State. That's fair. I think Alabama loses to Georgia unless and I th- I heard an interesting conversation with RJ Choppy from uh in the action Dallas. Uh, that happens every Saturday. He was at the Tennessee-Georgia game. Mm-hmm. He thinks Georgia is susceptible to a loss. But the only way it happens is if they go severely up-tempo like Tennessee does. Yeah, And the only team that could do that with the talent to beat Georgia would be Alabama. Now, whether or not Alabama decides to go up-tempo like that mm-hmm. to try and beat Georgia is a whole different conversation. But if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship, it's Notre Dame, unfortunately. I they, Notre yes. Dame's going to be the number six team in the country with Michigan being number five. Michigan plays Ohio State. I don't see any way possible that Michigan beats Ohio State this weekend. I just don't. After what Ohio State did, because there is nobody on Michigan's team that is anything like Kenneth Walker what was the that, third. What was that score at halftime? 42 nothing. Yeah. Yeah, he thrown six yeah. touchdowns yeah. by yeah. half. Only two came, incompletions. When I came in to the studio to work, David updated me on the score. I'm like, why should I even bother watching it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's over. Game done. I was over like, with. watch the Penn State Rutgers game because for some reason Penn State's decided not to come and play football, and it's seven nothing at half. But that's besides the point. Yeah. I'm gonna take it to you, Andrew. Okay, your um, thoughts. Georgia's number one, clear cut, undefeated. Ohio State's my number two. Obvious reasons. They're right now, I think, the second best team in the country. I would agree with that. Alabama, I'm putting them four. I'm putting Cincinnati over them at three. Ooh, okay. Just because Cincinnati, if they finish undefeated, I feel like they should at least get the three spot. And <laughs> I'm going to yeah, probably... Tell, tell me you can argue with <laughs> us. It's either going to be Michigan or Ole Miss that gets in there because I think Notre Dame loses to Stanford this week. Really? I think. Listen, well, now wait a minute. Is it in? Is it in? Notre it's in Stanford. It's in. Yes. It's in Stanford. That's, okay. Stanford has been known to take Notre Dame to the woodshed at times. I'm not saying to the woodshed. I maybe shouldn't say that. Well, Stanford had been a couple to, big up, wins this yeah, year too. They've so. upset Oregon. They have upset Notre Dame when they've been top ten ranked in the past. So. I think there's a good shot where if they, I mean, listen, they've been cruising really well, but Notre Dame's been clicking lately, and right. I, I'm the I'm gonna be the first one to say they've looked really good over the last three weeks. Absolutely, but 
it all comes down to if Michigan can beat Ohio State. If they don't, I still don't think Notre Dame, I think, is number five. I don't think they get in, though. Because I don't think because they have the loss to Cincinnati. That's where I think you Do have you to look at this. Do you think a two-loss Alabama team gets in? Then I wouldn't say no. They will. Fi- now here's the thing, though. Noticeably, yes, I think they will find a way to put them in. Personally, if you ask me, I don't think they should be in for a two-loss team. I don't think they should be in there. Okay, so and you if said that happens, and you said then Notre who was your Dame other? Who was your other dark horse? It's either Michigan or Ole Miss because oh. I don't think Oklahoma State's beating Oklahoma. I don't know if you can put Ole Miss in there because I thought Ole Miss they only have one loss. Uh, well, they have two losses. See, you're so not I'm saying you're not so, putting Ole Miss in over, over Alabama, Alabama with a two loss. So then it's Michigan then, if that's the case. Michigan would then be the other team that I would throw into that New Year's Six then. Michigan's, I don't see Michigan being in the top four. I'm sorry. Because the problem this, this, right this now. This is what I'm yeah. saying. Like, who's who are your other one-loss teams? Because right now it would be Ohio State. It would be, at, at this point, Cincinnati goes undefeated. Yeah. And then I at this point, if like I said, Notre who Dame. Who are your other one-loss teams that are below, like, say, Michigan and at this point, it's oh, it'd be uh, it's Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah, Oklahoma would be the Oklahoma only other team Oklahoma State. that would be have one loss at this point. See, and I think, and they maybe could jump up. I don't know. It's up to the rankings, it, of course. It, but once again, you're going to have all these. Just unless they want to put teams, UTSA the only, in there. The only way I can see Michigan hopping up there, and correct me if I'm wrong, if even this is possible, they lose to Ohio State yeah. next week, but they win out the rest of the season. That's the end Ohio of the game. State, what they don't they can't meet Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. Oh, okay, that's yeah. where I was getting it wrong. It's the last okay. game of the season next week okay. or the regular season. They can't meet Ohio State in the Big Ten championship because they are in the same division. They're both in the East. Which, oh, that's yeah. right. Okay, so uh, it, it, it's going yeah. <laughs> it's going to end up being uh, unfortunately uh, if Notre Dame loses to Stanford, Michigan loses to Ohio State. It's gonna throw everything into chaos, and I hope it does. And and it's gonna be, and this is why because it's gonna push. Because this, this is gonna push yeah. the playoff extension. Then I, I told I told Brandon I said watch if Alabama ends up being a two loss team, the committee will go to either eight teams or twelve teams in December. Watch it happen. Watch it happen. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have to talk about college football. This ends. Our number uno for Blow the Whistle, but we have our number dos. What the deuce? Coming up next, (laughs) (laughs) where we're going to be talking Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls, and then we're going to talk greatest football moments. In our opinion, the greatest football, whether it's college or football, that one football moment that stands out to us here on Blow the Whistle. Now here's a pass for the public screen to It's Freeman, and he's across for the touchdown. What a drive by Baltimore. Great job by the Ravens to squeak out a victory. Another tearjerker if you're a Bears fan.
Welcome back to Blow the Whistle, hour number two. Highlights courtesy of CBS. I'm here with my boys, Andrew Valentin, Tyler Buterbaugh, Brandon Januska. I am David Dykstra. Well, guys, another disappointing last-minute loss for the Chicago Bears, and Matt Nagy had something to say about that. It sits with everybody else, you know. You got to finish. You got to be able to uh, to end the games and close them out. And in the end, of situational football. Uh, you have the lead in two games to be able to uh, to close it out and win both of those games, and we didn't do that. That being said, I have a question for the listeners and for you guys. Is it time for Bears ownership to listen to the fan base and move on from Nagy and Pace? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And let us know what you think. Andrew, I'm going straight to you with this. What are your thoughts? First off, can I say for that beginning music, it felt like we were the only heroes that could possibly save the bears. <laughs> it felt like it's in a world where only the bears exist. Four men try to save a franchise struggling. We so, can do it if they just listen yes, to us. Absolutely. Yeah. No, and that's what I'm going with. Absolutely. They need to start listening to the fan bases. I mean, to take this over to a place where people will not understand, football, if you will, over in Europe, there are so many times where a franchise, like most recently, for those who don't know, Manchester United just fired their manager, old Gunnar Sarsgar, if I can get his name right. I might have butchered that completely. But they were about to hire an interim coach, but they didn't because they were afraid the fans would jump on them. So that says a lot right there that the fans have power in sports. Now, soccer is completely different from NFL. There's a completely different power structure there, absolutely. But within the confines of what the Bears organization is, which we know right now is completely a debacle, it's a, it's a complete shamble of a mess, they should be listening to what the fans are saying, which is get rid of Nagy. He has not worked. He's proven to not work. He's now, what, 0-4, they said, coming off the bye now in his entire career. So he's not making any sort of adjustments that's getting you wins. Yeah, this game was close, and you, but you didn't hit, and Lamar wasn't in there and all that stuff. So then you should have won this game. So I think it's time that the McCaskies, although I think they won't, but I think it's time that they do start listening to fan bases that is crying out to them. Please, please give us something because for the last, it's been almost a decade now of just complete drudgery on the football field. I, I don't know how many more football games I can watch where the, honestly, I'm at the point right now where I'm watching highlights more than I'm watching the actual games because I just don't want to put myself through it anymore. Yeah, no, it's, we've talked about this before and, we believe, like, no one knows for sure that there's a little side deal, whatever, that's going on yeah. with uh, Nagy and Pace. But, I mean, for love that, for all that's good in the world, it's like what is needs to be done and what the your fan base wants is Nagy out of there. And just yeah. like you said it exactly, he hasn't really done anything. He hasn't showed improvement to this team. It's just, it's an absolute dumpster fire. Yeah. And the thing that's, Upsets me though because I'm again agreeing with you that I don't I can't see the McCassies doing it even if a loss this Thursday against the unwinnable Lions yeah is Kneecaps I don't <laughs> I don't think that they're gonna get rid of Nagy 
either in the middle of the season or after the season because the McCaskies are just money hungry. They know that they will get the money that they want from fans buying tickets or any of that crap because I just looked at it. It was 99% capacity at Soldier Field, which is full stadium. And that's the thing that sucks is that you have such true fans to this city and to this team that they're going to come see your crap show of, yep. a, of a performance this season and that's, and that's all you care about is money. Folks, you don't care about making this team better yeah. and getting to what they can be. Yeah, listen, listen to the Bulls, folks. Honestly, if you don't go to the if you don't go to the games and you see the prices drop, you might be able to make change. And I'm all about typically like ownership. Don't listen to the fans because fans typically overreact. You start owing two or something. No, yeah, they overreact. We're beyond that point. Yes. The fact that you basically saw a six-game losing streak last year mm-hmm. and just turned it into a positive, you you flipped it and said, well, they, they kept up their fight during this this six-game losing streak. They lost every fight, yeah. but but they, they kept up the fight. Then they turned it on and ha- had a little bit of success against lesser talent. And now you're about to see almost possibly another six-game losing streak the very next season. Yeah. You're not going to finish 500 this year. Nope. If you lose this game, you're you're looking at possibly 12, 13 losses. Yeah. You're in a very bad shape right now if you're the Chicago Bears. So what more do you need to move on? Clearly, it's not working what you have. You know what you need? And, and I'm going to be real honest with you. And I, I, I heard people talking about this earlier today. You need to go out and hire a president of football operations. Thank you. Well, yeah, one that's not just a money guy like yeah. Ted, Ted Phillips. He's a great Absol- financial asset, but... From 1984. Yeah. <laughs> you need to go out, and and here's the interesting part, and, and I don't know if you've heard this, Andrew, or any of the other guys. There's an interesting name that has been floating around that has a great relationship with the McCaskies that no one would ever see coming and it's Peyton Manning. I knew you were going to say that. I've heard that I'm too. I'm all about it. Uh, I'm all for it. I don't like I, it. I think he would be an unbelievably great addition as the president of football operations because he has that mind. Now that, in, that being said, I think Ryan Pace if they do hire whoever it may be a president of football operations, I think Ryan Pace keeps his job because Ryan Pace has done very well in talent, making sure that they get the most talented people that they can later in the draft. He's had some misses, but more often than not, think about this past draft. Think about all the guys that are on the field for the bears from this past draft. And making great contributions. Now, that being said, if they do hire a a president of football operations, I'm going to almost guarantee you Matt Nagy's gone. He should be. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where it's at. I think My- Ryan Pace has earned himself enough credit as being a talent evaluator to get him at least one more year My- with, with a coach that actually knows how to make adjustments during a game. My only thing about Ryan Pace, though, is he had a, a fantastic draft this past He's year. He's had a fantastic couple the, of drafts. He has. My only issue is that he's signing older veteran players and giving them way too much money than they deserve and not keeping the guys that are worthy. Like, I'm going to use Kyle Fuller as an example. 
getting rid of Kyle Fuller was huge mistake by the Bears because now your secondary Dalton. is just awful. And then, like you said, signing Dalton to one year, ten million. His his contracts on who he's giving out, dishing out money to, is absolutely poor. But see, herein lies why you have a president of football operations. He can't just go out there and make those decisions without going, what do you think? So, yeah, so would you have it be the, who's choosing the head coach? Is Ryan Pace still choosing the head coach? Because he's chosen a couple already. I think I think you have Ryan Pace and that president Work together. of fo- working in collaboration. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's a big thing. Collaboration, <laughs> as the Bears like to say. And moving on from Matt Nagy to get a coach. And am I saying you go out and get the hot? Listen, you know, and as much as I hate to say the hot names out there, and I'll be the first one to say, I think Justin Fields in a Joe Brady system would be unreal to watch. Now, whether or not they go young like that again in an offense of way because bears are known to go out and get themselves a defensive coach. I mean, after what Dan Quinn's done in Dallas, he's going to be a hot name again. Yeah. Um, I, there'd be worse names to go out there and get for the bears than Dan Quinn. He did take Atlanta to a super bowl. We won't mention what happened in that, Super Bowl, <laughs> but I mean, there are names out there that, but it, once again, it's going to have to be, one of those things where where you know pace understands that he's not the end all be all anymore he's not the guy that's making that final decision he's going to have to run it by the president of football operations and that that goes into him not being able to spend or get rid of stupid money see yeah that makes sense i think is cuz we're used to not having a football minded president of the of the team in God knows how long. I can't even remember. I think that's like I, the big part of it. It was George Hallis. That's yeah. it. That's, he, was, <laughs> yeah. he was the last guy in charge of all that stuff. So you were bringing up uh, who to bring on as next head coach, and I've heard this name before, and i still sitting with it, is Joe Lombardi, Chargers offensive coordinator. Just what he's got that going with that offense, I think he could make a fantastic coach I mean, and bring more offense, more life to this offense. There, There's a a lot of names out there right now that that are that are sunshiny names. See, here's yeah. the thing: with you seeing Peyton Manning as the president of football operations, I get that he's a smart mind as far as football goes, and that's great and everything. But you have to remember too, as a president, you also have to have that business insight intel as well and that's one of the things that, as far as Peyton Manning goes, I'm pretty sure he's probably pretty good with that. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't subject him to being the president of a football operation right off the bat. I would say maybe general manager, or how about this, even assistant general manager probably I would go with. I've said this before. This is the guy I would go with, Lionel Vitale. He's the college director right now for the Dallas Cowboys. In the time he's been with the Falcons and the Cowboys, he's gotten Desmond Trufant, Jake Matthews, Devonta Freeman, Grady Jarrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Dak Prescott, Leighton Vanderish, Michael Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, Trayvon Diggs, and Micah Parsons. He's found all those guys in college. Now, some of those are easy. You can find them no matter what. But as far as the GM, he's found some diamonds in the rough right there. Dak. Dak is yeah. easily Dak's the top one right there. One right Brady there. Jarrett's one of the most underrated defensive tackles. CeeDee yeah. Lamb is, we didn't think he was going to be this good. He's looking fantastic right now. And Trayvon Diggs is a steal right now in the second round. So I think he's your general manager. And I'm going with Brian DeBull as the head coach. 
I because would, of what he's done with Josh Allen. Put that with a Justin Fields. See what happens. I would even I would even go as far as to say he got a steal with Micah at eleven. Absolutely. Uh, Micah Parsons sitting at eleven this year. Not a bad choice. I there's, I'm just going. Tons of t- I'm just yeah, going by by, is, yeah. by a little a little birdie in You'd have ear. to offer him a lot of money. That's a thing. Peyton. And he'd, he'd have to get paid big time. And you have to give him, by the way, too, full control of the team as the president of football. No interference whatsoever can come from the ownership. And that's the problem right now. The McCaskies get too involved because George thinks I carry my grandpa's name. Therefore, I am Hallis. You are George McCaskey, not George Hallis. I think, uh, honestly, if you want my opinion on it, I think if they brought somebody in like Peyton Manning with that name or recognition, they would probably, and plus with the relationship that they have with Peyton, they would probably back off. I'd I, hope I, so. I, I, would, I would I would have to say that I would I could see them backing off a little bit yeah. and not poking their fingers in where it doesn't belong. Yeah, I totally agree. I think that they, they'd be willing to do it because they're friends with Peyton. Right. They're, pa- they're friends with the Mannings family. Yeah. They so trust them. That, Yeah, exactly. It's all about the trust there. And they're a, a tight-knit group, the McCaskies are. Well, I'll tell you what. He can be the, he can be the president as long as he promises Arch gets here. <laughs> if it well, don't work out with Justin Fields, no, then Arch on. has to come. Nah, they're they moving on from Fields. Yeah, if he doesn't work out, Arch has to come. <laughs> oh, come on now. I'm already well, doubling down on that right now. <laughs> Someone was white hot off the bench for the Bulls last night. We talk about it next on Blow the Whistle. The Rose and the kick. Extra pass to the corner. I need that, Kobe. I need that, Kobe. Give it to me. Ball, extra pass. Kobe White, does he have another there you go. Welcome back to Blow the Whistle here with Andrew Valentin, Brandon Januska, Tyler Buterball, and me, David Dykstra. Highlights courtesy of NBC Sports Chicago. And that's right, Kobe White comes off the bench and is white hot. I like that. That's right. It's a dad <laughs> joke. I don't care what you say, Andrew. Uh, what? <laughs> nah, nah. You, you get passes because you nah. aren't father. That's right. So. I do get passes. I get dad passes. <laughs> but you're on a limiter right now. You got one more and then that's it. Okay, so I guess my question to our listeners and to you gentlemen is, how long do the Bulls wait to pull the trigger on a trade for another forward. Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. I mean, he came off the bench and was unconscious. Is this the time to strike? I say give it a little bit. He just came back. Give it a little bit more. Let the kid shoot it lights out like he had, like he did last night. Give it a little bit more. Bring his market value up. And then you can land something very special. But here's my here's my issue with that. As we've seen, I'm only going on what we've seen in the past. White hot one moment, ice cold, cold, ice cold the next game. That's where true. he clanks, clanks, clanks. I mean, if they were to do it, if they were planning, like I definitely think that they're planning on moving Kobe White elsewhere and getting like like you said a big man. And I think if they were gonna if they want to do it like now. 
after last night's performance, I think he should do it now. But I do think they give it a little bit more. I think they're He's just get, coming off an well, injury. And I'm sure other teams are going to be like, all right, it's small sample size. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get a little more sample size. Andrew, your, your thoughts? I think they're going to have to wait. Yeah. I don't think they really have a, a choice at this point because, number one, they still don't know what's going on with this whole investigation thing. That's my that's my first big thing about this because they may lose draft picks. And if you lose draft picks, you're losing some of your capital because you're not going to be able to trade Kobe White straight up for, like, a top big man. You're going to have to add some think, picks. You right. don't think Sacramento goes straight I'm, up for Bagley Jr.? And that's the one I focus on because that's the one I've heard the most about. Is Bagley Jr. coming to Chicago? I would do. See, would, the, the problem with that is that they have to add in a third team because they'd have they'd be like the Bulls right now. They're so guard heavy because they have like five different guards they put out there at any given time. They would have to trade somebody and right Davion Mitchell, Tyrese uh, Halliburton, uh, De'Aaron Fox, and Buddy Heald. They've got four guys right there that are constantly seeing the floor for twenty plus minutes. So somebody's going to be the odd man out. And they've already got another two guards that sit underneath. So unless they think like Kobe's going to come in and they're going to play small ball, I don't see them moving off of him just right away. They're going to have to wait to see what happens with the draft picks. Because yes, you could go get Bagley, and I think that'd be fine. But if you really want to make a push, you want to try to get the best big man possible. And while Bagley's nice, you want to be able to make sure that you've got a guy that's going to commit to this team. So if Bagley's willing to do it, absolutely. But you have to make sure the guy you're getting is a guy that's committed to the team and committed to winning for that, not just trying to get his bag. I mean, I don't see why Bagley Jr. wouldn't be committed to winning at this point. Yeah, I've been seriously. in Sacramento for five so considering years, Considering Sacramento just fired their head coach, too. Luke Walton has yeah. been fired. Yeah. So. Luke Walton's gone. So, I mean, that in itself, which completely surprised me. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? He's well, probably one of the best. 11, I mean. He's one of the better coaches in the NBA. He just doesn't have the talent around him that needs. Yeah, but there's a Popovich assistant out there that's just aching. I'm just kidding. Because the only guy that's going to Sacramento or San Antonio at this point is going to be Tim Duncan. And he's waiting for that job. I honestly, I would not be. Who was the female uh, assistant in San San Antonio that was getting all the looks? Becky from, Hammond. Yes, I wouldn't be I shocked can. if that's a move. No, absolutely. For Sacramento, absolutely. what a way to bring in yeah. an audience. But that being said, let's get back to the Bulls talk. What was your what What were your thoughts on the road, the West Coast trip, which used to be called the circus trip, even though the circus is no more for. <laughs> For the Bulls. We pulled the tent down. Yeah, we the took, tent's gone. Elephants are out of the cage. <laughs> I mean... Tigers hate the clowns. I mean, overall, I mean, I think they did great. Uh, despite losing to Portland, it's, I mean... That was, was the only game. really bad game that they had in my eyes. I they mean, really giving up did. a 20-point lead is never a good look for anybody. But that, was, that was the one thing that yeah. I, I was a little shocked about, about what the... With the Bulls, usually it's been the other way around. They blow right. leads. They blow the other team's leads. So I mean, Not other this than that, team, though. other than that, I mean, I mean, I guess it includes Golden State, but that was way before. That was uh, a that's train gonna wreck. happen. Yeah, that's, that's gonna, gonna happen. happen. That's gonna happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the game it's just got matched in that game. Yeah. I I think I said it last week, and like Stacy King said, there's 82 games. Okay, yeah. I mean, relax, everyone. But I mean, if how it was they played the NBA against, Finals, different story. Yeah, right, I, but how they played against the Clippers and the Lakers. 
despite Lakers not having LeBron, but it's oh, like they oh, have everyone play. else on that team. Oh, how they play. That was that was a great ain't I won money on that game, which was amazing. <laughs> See, I, everything was good, man. I made this bet just real quick. I made this bet on FanDuel. And I thought it was a little far fetched, but I won in the third quarter. I had there you go. I had Levine with five or more threes, uh, Lonzo with six or more assists, mm-hmm. and Caruso with six or more boards. There you go. So, chick ching. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was saying yesterday. But you know that that still brings us to present day, and now still being touted as one of the top tier teams in the East. That missing piece being a forward, we all agree on, can they go a sustainable amount of time without making a move? As of right now, I would say I think they can. Because the way that they're playing as far as chemistry goes, they're playing with a tight-knit group right now that is able to at least sustain them for a short amount of time. Towards the deadline, it might be more important because now you're talking about getting ready for playoffs. Now you're getting prepared to take on... Most likely the Nets, probably the Bucks will be back, I assume, at that point, right? You're going to see a lot of these teams in the East right now that have more size. You're going to want to match up with them because the Wizards right now being the only, I think they're tied right now with the Wizards at for first place, if I'm not mistaken. They right now are the only team that I think kind of match up like one-on-one where you could say, wow, they really do play a lot, like very similar to one another. But you're going to need a big man out there. I've said this before. Cleveland's got plenty of big men out there. I'm not saying take Laurie back. That's not what I'm saying. I was about to say, <laughs> not, no, Train no, 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 no. What are you doing? Welcome home. I, I, <laughs> I'm saying take Jared Allen from them. Because, and, and I understand for them, they're in a playoff position too right now. So that's going to be a tricky market because they want to keep him because he's a big asset to them. But they've got Evan Mobley right now, who's clearly one of their better players. He's helping to lead that team. So I think if you make the right move, you can get Jared Allen, who gives you some offense inside. Gives you definite rebounding. The guy's averaging a double-double right now. And I think he's one of the leader in blocks in the in the NBA right now as he's a block specialist. So, I believe he's up there, yeah. Yeah, so you're talking about a defensive specialist who adds scoring inside while Patrick Williams is out. And he's 6'11", 250. He's not going to be hard to... He's not going to be easy to move right off the bat. So I would say, if not him, there's Robert Covington in Portland. Again, there's Christian Wood in Houston right now. Or there is Marvin Bagley still in Sacramento. He's the probably the cheapest option, but there are options out there that you can go explore that can help this team. Yeah, there's many options, and I liked all the ones that you said. But yeah, I don't think that they need to make a move just now. We got to remember that Vooch is not back yet. Exactly. And they're still playing solid, great basketball mm-hmm. without him. But I mean, he should be back soon, I believe. I mean, he's been gone for about I believe so. two I, weeks now. Yeah. So he's got to be back soon, and that will just help. The, the Bulls big men that that center spot once he gets back and get that, that starting five, the original starting five back together. And I haven't heard Jared Allen, and I I like that. That's a, that, that's a good option as well. That's I mean, it's just, it all depends on what the Bulls can offer because well, what we I've, talked about earlier, they're, they're lacking yeah. draft picks. I also have heard a little, a little birdie uh, talk about Patrick Williams being in on that trade package. I mean, there's always that option too. And listen, I, mean, I wouldn't want to give him up just yet. Yeah, he's he's I, th- he's improved just, every year. Those are just yeah. I've seen a couple a couple articles here and there saying you know he could be part of that package. Yeah, although no. I will. Here's what I'll say: if you can, like, listen, if you're getting one of the top power forwards out there or a top big man out there, if you have that option, and that means 
Kobe, Patrick, and a first-round pick have to go for that, and you think that's the guy that can be on this team to help you win a championship, as a fan, I'd hate to see the number four overall pick leave and say, so we just wasted a pick, basically. But if that means I'm getting like this special talent that's going to take this team to the next level, I'm obviously all for it. I'm going to do it. I mean, DeMontis Sabanis is one that's right rotting in... Indiana right now, not doing anything yeah. with them. He could be a potential option. He's a 6'11", 7-foot power forward big man who shoots threes yeah. and can defend, and he passes the ball really well. So there's there's plenty of big man options. So, yeah, if Patrick Williams has to go, but it means we get a special player like that, I'm, I'm all for it. And, or, if, and if Williams is going to be part of it, you want it to be more than just ye- this year, too. Absolutely. It's you gotta be years. It's got to be years yeah. on it, yeah. as, as well as top talent, if you're going to put in a guy like Williams. And with how Arturis has been dealing. Yeah, he's aggressive. Pat, he, I, I have faith in him that he'll make a good decision yeah. if whoever and whatever he's in a trade. Um, another guy that just popped in my head, and I'm not a fan of saying this, but he's been playing better this season, but I highly doubt Dallas would move him. <laughs> the unicorn. Okay. <laughs> Poor Zingas. Just because you brought up big no. man with three-point shooting. <laughs> no. Yeah. He's gotten a little no. better, but there's no defense. So, I mean, no. that's why I don't want him on this no. team. I'll, I'll throw out. Why would you? No. Why would you want that? Pre, I'm I'm, I'm going to just put it out there. Why would you want that prima donna on a team that is showing cohesiveness collaboration because we use collaboration for every team here in Chicago (laughs) showing such great team chemistry why would you want to bring a guy who is obviously all about himself into that kind of atmosphere and possibly mess with that chemistry that's a good point I was going more on the skill aspect but yeah like with how he's been doing heck with skill he'll be he'll be totally destroying that heck with skill man like listen you could Case in point, James Harden. Let's just put it out there. Like, what has he done for the Nets other than to whine and complain about the minutes and the... Nothing. You know what I'm saying? Kyrie Irving. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that (laughs) because... Let me just throw out one more. Carl Anthony Towns. If you would like to get out of Minnesota, oh hello, I, I come thinking, on down, folks. Come on down. He was on my he was on my radar the like wish list? last oh. year or two. Him and Vooch with this team. Da, how the heck did I not think of him like before Porzingis? Scratch <laughs> what I said about Porzingis. <laughs> Forget what the heck I said. Why Cat didn't even come in my head why? for a minute? Come on, but yeah, Kat. no, no, no. Forget Porzingis. Come He's on, the court Chicago. Go fly away. He's over there going. Yeah. <laughs> Porzingis over towns any day. <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. Big cat, baby. Well, I'm telling you. That being said, <laughs> the King's reign has been quite prosperous for the Blackhawks. We tell you why here on Blow the Whistle. Hawks have the puck after the faceoff in the Vancouver zone. Gustafson long shot. Tipped in. Hagel got a piece of it, I think. And Brandon Hagel, who got away with the trip, I believe has opened the scoring on a deflection in front. Highlights courtesy of Sportsnet. Uh, we want to thank all our listeners for staying with us, listening to us. Woo, that snuck up on me. I all choked up because we're about to, it's almost, it's almost it's, time. It's almost time. Um, uh, we also want to thank and welcome back in all the new listeners and our regular listeners from the Under the Hood podcast. Thanks again for listening to us. But that brings us to, I know, 
Brandon's super excited. It's David's favorite time of the it's, show. It's, <laughs> I, I don't mind he it. He doesn't mind it. I don't mind it. I know somebody who does. And, you know, we won't. What are you talking about? We won't mention any names. I like the Blackhawks. I just. I never said that you didn't like the Blackhawks. <laughs> why, why do you automatically think I'm talking about you? I could have been talking about Andrew. You looked right at me. Uh, no. <laughs> I did. Remember? I liked. I like to do the no look pass. The no look yeah, pass. that's right. But that, <laughs> but that being said, let me ask the question to our listeners, and then I'll come to you guys. We'll probably start with Brandon, because Brandon never goes Feels first. Right. Never, never goes first. Never. <laughs> what do you think is the reason for the Blackhawks turnaround? Hit us up on Facebook. Tur- Facebook turnaround. <laughs> Facebook. New site. Happy Facebook, Monday. Twitter, or <laughs> Instagram at Blow T Whistle One. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E One. Brandon. What has been the reason for the big turnaround? Well, the big reason for it is the schedule. The schedule, <laughs> the schedule definitely helps. Say. They're they're starting to beat the teams that they should have beaten the first time but around. See, that's for, what that's what I'm I'm asking. Yeah. Is is there a difference between when they played some of these teams that they should have beaten earlier on to now? Uh yeah. I mean, the one of the big thing is just the improved play on the back line. It, there's still some kinks back there. They the flurry bailed them out multiple times. Congratulations to him as well. First uh, shutout as a black cop. Forty mm-hmm. saves. I yeah, saw. Yeah, Mark Andre yeah. Flurry was was lights out there yesterday. And yeah, just so the back end still needs to work on improving a little bit, but it, it is starting to come together. I think part of that is just more reps out there. But also the coaching change. I think that that little fire under them okay. a little bit, just getting the new blood. It doesn't even need to be something that Derek King says. Just the fact that, okay, they're, they're serious. Like, Colleton's out. We're moving on. We're moving forward. And just having a different voice in there can light a fire under the team. We'll see how long it actually carries over. But it also helps that, hey, you started off, they start off, they get a big win against the the Predators, an overtime win. They beat the Penguins without Sidney Crosby. They they beat the Coyotes. Yeah, they beat the Coyotes. That's a game you have to win. They beat the Kraken. That was a toss-up game because they've been hot and cold depending on a- any given day. Their only loss recently was that one to the Oilers who just, just, the Oilers. just smacked them. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the Oilers. Hey, we got to see uh, Duncan Keith, so it was worth watching. But, <laughs> but yeah, the Oilers are one of the elite teams in the league right now. And the Blackhawks showed that they were outmatched. But they're beating the teams that they should, at least in, in recent games, which so, is an improvement. So what you're saying is the king hath doth proclaimed. <laughs> Things to be you okay there. Duff yeah. proclaim. And, and honestly, before we move as on, Debrinket has been just yeah. lights out lately. He okay. he has definitely stepped up his game in recent days. What do you what do you, what are your thoughts, Andrew? I know you you've kind of yeah softened I've, on your stance with the Blackhawks, not because of anything other than the right. fact that you know it's simply a Chicago team that I know we talk about, and I have said. Regardless of my feelings of whatever the team is and whatever the issues were, you know, I'm not going to get into all or that. Are. Everybody knows. Or are. Absolutely. No matter what, they are a team and I'm going to report on them. So what I've seen, at least with the Blackhawks from everything that I have watched with them, they are improving. I mean, listen, if Brandon's right. If it takes firing, I mean, if they got to fire a coach every week to get fired up and play like this, <laughs> so be it. Do it. Like, just bring just in run through yeah. people. 
I'll, I'll take a week. I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Even if it's just a game, give, I'll take a game. Give a fan a week. Just I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. Do the, the whole Chicago Dodge. Yeah. You can yeah. you can run a, exactly. <laughs> a mini manager yeah. type thing. Yeah. All right, you're next. You're next. You're next. Yeah, give it to season ticket holders, whatever. Something like that. But no, I think that they have started to gain momentum. I mean, you and me, Brandon, we talked about this. They needed this stretch to be able to gain the momentum, I think, to start stepping up and figuring out exactly who they are, right? You said Debrinket right now, I mean, he's leading the team with goals. You've got Patrick Kane still leading the team in points. Seth Jones, by the way, has started to kind of step it up too. He's been very integral, especially in getting the assist for the defense. And, of course, Marc-Andre Fleury has been standing on his head out there, along with Lankinen too. He's been yeah. doing the yeah, job Lankinen's too. Lankinen's had a couple really nice games as well. They've been really good. So I, I, guess, I guess that brings me to the... Do you see this defense getting better the more this season goes and progresses? It has. And one of the yeah. names that has really stuck out to me in in recent games is Jake McCabe. He, yes. has, he has really stepped up his game here in the last couple of games. And DeHaan is kind of a hot or cold guy most years. Yeah. But, but he's actually played extremely well over the last two or three games as well. And you mentioned... Seth Jones picking it up offensively. He's got to be the leader back there on defense mm-hmm. along with Connor Murphy. One thing to note though, Riley Stillman left the game yesterday. Yeah. Look like an ankle injury. The hockey, it's a lower body injury, <laughs> right. but look like God an bless an, those lower body <laughs> injuries. Look like, look like he may have twisted an ankle out there. So that's a guy to watch out for. He's, he's kind of the enforcer out there. Stillman, very physical in his play. Mm-hmm. So that could be a, a big loss if he's out for extended time. Okay. Uh, offensively, I know we've talked a lot of defense. Offensively, what are you seeing? Is there better play offensively? Are they about the same as they've been? Just the defense has stepped up a little more, so the goals that they are scoring are counting more. Do you see anybody showing improvement? Yeah, I mean, I mentioned Debrinkit, six points in his last five games. Yeah. That he he has really stepped it up. It always helps skating with Patrick Kane, of course. Oh, and, yeah, absolutely. And, and those those two, a great connection uh, just between the tic tac toe pass that to score that they had mm-hmm. a, a couple games ago. Patrick Kane is just unstoppable. He, he really yeah. is. He can do the. We talk no look passes. Patrick Kane is a, a amazing at it behind the back, through the legs. It doesn't matter. He just seems to always find Debrinket, and Debrinket yeah. has the the knowledge to get into space. He 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 knows where Kane wants to go with it. So that connection is huge for this team. And then Kirby Doc has really stepped up his game as well, skating on that top line with those two wingers. Obviously, again, it helps skating on the line yeah. with Patrick Kane, but he's really stepped up his game at the dot as well, which is always helpful to not have to just rely on Jonathan Taze to win faceoffs. Have some help from other guys as well. Well, and that's and that's key important too because you need Kirby Doc to become that next guy again. We don't know how much longer Jonathan Taze has not to say he's be doing bad or anything. He's been really good with the team as of late. So you need Kirby Doc, though, to start being that other center that you can say, okay, when the puck drops, we know he can start winning it, and he's really starting to show that effect. And I honestly, I think you're seeing another side to Kane right now where he's getting these assists, which is, I think, adding to his game, right? He's always been a goal scorer. He still is a goal scorer. We know he is. But now I think he kind of feels like he's in a good place where he's like, 
you know what? I think it's kind of not a passing of the torch yet, but it's kind of like slowly moving the torch towards the brink at where you're saying, you know what? This is the guy that I think can take over for when I'm going. So, and I think he's recognizing that. And that's why, like you said, Brandon, you're seeing the chemistry between those two, which has already been built over years and years playing with each other. It's now at a fine point where he's like, I'm going to just feed this guy. If he's going to be on his game and scoring goals, we're just going to give it to him, and he's going to be the new goal scorer for this team. I'll just take the back seat, take my shots when I can, and feed Debrinket. Okay, so that being said, does this trend continue? <sighs> you you want to start? I, I can yeah, start. You can. <laughs> um, I think it's going to be more up and down, unfortunately, just because I I think it's what towards the towards the back end of the season, I think, is when they start dealing with a lot more of the tougher teams. I mean, they, I think they've got a couple runs there where they're going to be really tested. And it, it, and you listen, you should beat, like Brandon said before, you should beat the teams like the Coyotes and the Kraken who are new and all that stuff. It's can you beat Edmonton? Can you beat, you know, Carolina? Can you beat these teams that are clearly on top of the world right now running roughshod over everybody, right? Can you beat Colorado? I don't know if anybody can is going to be able to beat them. They look like they're on a hot uh, running hot right now. So I don't I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot more up and down with this team right now, especially towards the back end. You might see a more significant drop. Again though, this team, they may not want to say it, but they're kind of in the state of a rebuild. As much as these moves don't really it's make not that a rebuild, no, it's yeah, a reboot, right? Whatever they want to call it at this point, you can say whatever you want, and then you can say anything you want about adding all these big pieces. But I feel like you, it, at this point, it's just going to be a rocky road. Yeah, looking at their upcoming schedule, the Flames are going to be a tough one. That's mm-hmm. tomorrow night. I think it's a winnable game, though. I I really like the way the Blackhawks line up against them. Then they take on the Blues, who have really fallen off after their yeah. hot start, which I thought was a matter of time before they <laughs> fall off. It, it, I talked about them earlier on a different show, and it's like they look— I know their record is good, but they really haven't played good hockey. Yeah. And now it's starting to catch up to them. So I think that's a winnable game at home for the Blackhawks next Friday against, or rather this Friday, against the Blues. Uh, they should beat the Sharks. And then that's when it starts to get a little tougher. The Capitals, the Rangers, the Islanders, and then the Rangers again. <sighs> that's going to be tough. That's it's to rough. start off December. Yeah. That's okay. going to be a, a challenging stretch right there. And that's your chance, if you're the Blackhawks, to really show that this streak is real and it's not just beating up on the lesser teams. Just play good hockey. Play the way you did against Nashville. You took them to overtime. You ended up winning that game. Mm-hmm. And if you if you can play disciplined hockey, you can stay within your own game. Those are winnable games. It's going to be a challenge. You yeah. have to play nearly perfect, <laughs> yeah. but it is doable. Yeah, if they can come across 3-1 and one in that little stretch right there, I think I'd that... i take that. that I, if, I think they can. And if they do that, I think there's there's then some promise to say that the outlook does look a lot better than what it has at the very beginning of the season. What I'm seeing right now with King stepping up in the the coach the coach position, I I mean they've turned it around. They looked in a lot better. They're getting more wins now since um, I'm going blank on his name. The the coach before King College College yeah. yeah. Um, it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be bumpy. But I mean, I think they're on the right path to get back on track and kind of continue of where they were last season and, like, with all these new additions of talent. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to have to just wait and see if this hotness continues for the Blackhawks and the Kings reign continues. 
But that being said, we want to hear what your greatest football moment is. Where were you when this football moment happened? Hit us up on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BlowTWhistle1. That's B-L-O-W-T-W-H-I-S-T-L-E-1. And we will let you know ours here on Blow the Whistle. I I don't know what to think of this music. I feel very melancholy right now. (laughs) We are here to talk about the great football moments that just have been ingrained in our memory as the greatest college or pro football moments that we've ever watched. We're here to talk about them. We want you to let us know yours at BlowTWhistle1 on Facebook. Instagram or Twitter. That's B L O W T W H I S T L E one one. Sorry, did you think I was gonna? No, it's the it's the music. I'm like, what are we in a Batman movie? <laughs> what? Hey, Which we're talking about music talking, selection courtesy Tyler Beaterball. You're welcome. <laughs> felt like I felt like I should have been we're, standing we're on a rooftop, being like, I'm we're talking nice. about great football moments. <laughs> we need some dramatic. Dramatic stuff okay. here, ladies and gentlemen. Right. I like it. Presented by Odyssey. And, <laughs> and, and actually, right? An Odyssey selection. That being said, you know who I'm going to start with? Who? Brandon. The guy who, who never goes, goes first. first. <laughs> I never did, go he first. He did the no look again. That's why I knew it wasn't me. But I couldn't tell. <laughs> All right, Brandon, give us one. All right, I'm gonna, I'll just start it off since I'm going first. I'll start with the obvious one. And that's Devin Hester running back the opening kick in the Super Bowl. First right. one, still the only one ever to run back an opening kickoff. I remember exactly where I was. I was at my house, sitting on the couch. People were still getting settled in because who who watched? Who cares about the opening kickoff? Well, when Devin Hester's there, you have to. I was sitting on the couch, had my food already, and yeah, he, he runs it back, takes it to the house. I. I remember that moment, one. I was, I was the best of moment that in too. Chicago yeah. football sports history. And then <laughs> yeah, we've got a picture of it right behind right me, right yep. above my head. Yep. Yes, we do. All right, Tyler, how about you? So this one, um, despite it being called a, a foul, like a personal foul, um, but I always remember this every time because it's to me, it will still go as one of the greatest hits in football, and it was Nebraska playing Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship. This was about eight years ago. Taylor Martinez was the quarterback, mm-hmm. and Kenny Bell laid out the nastiest block to the Wisconsin linebacker. I, I, if you see this in slow motion, the linebacker totally just took off about, he was probably about three, four feet high, and just totally flipped. But they called, and it was it ended up. Well, it was going to be a touchdown, but they they called it back. And so, while even the announcer, uh, I can't think of his name, but he's he's the usual Big Ten announcer that mm-hmm. everyone get, he always gets so excited. I, yeah, I love yeah. hearing him. But, Gus uh, Johnson, yes, yes, and uh, should take he over was even, for for Al Buck. Michaels. <laughs> Joe and Buck. He was even saying that he's like that. She's like that's football. He's yeah. like I remember I remember hearing. He's like that's football, and it was such it was a clean hit, but. Man, that was an insane hit. And, I mean, granted, Nebraska probably wouldn't still have won. It brought them closer if they scored that touchdown. But that Kenny Bell, like, still laid out that block. Mm-hmm. Like, despite, like, he could have just been like, oh, screw it, we're not going to win this game. But it was just a gruesome hit. It was amazing. All right, I'm going to go old school. 1986, 
I was not born. Me neither. <laughs> not anywhere close. Wow. Feel old yet? I was nine years old, and this still sticks in my memory. The undefeated Miami Hurricanes walk off the plane in camo. Oh, of course. To take on the underdog, Penn State Nittany Lions in the Orange Bowl. For, or no, it was the Fiesta Bowl yes. for the national championship. Vinny Testaverde, Heisman winner, goes in, is taking the Miami Hurricanes down to beat the Penn State Nittany Lions with moments left on the clock and throws an interception to Shane Conlon for Penn State to win their second national championship in less than 10 years giving Joe Paterno his second. And the reason I remember that is because it was one of the few times my father let me stay up late to watch a football game at my grandfather and grandmother's house in Chicago, mind you. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, that's one of the ones that sticks out for me. Do I have to pick just one? No, we're going to go around again. Okay. Round two. Um, I guess the one that really sticks out to me more than anything Big moment was the first time I ever watched football, actually, and that was I watched USC versus Texas, and I watched that whole game, and it's Ooh. the Vince Young running into the end zone to win the game, and that was the moment that I said, I want to, and I was 13 years old, and I said, I want to play that game. I want to play that. That's the sport that I want. Or no, I wasn't 13. I was, well, I was younger than that, but still, I was like, that's what I want to do, and that was the moment for me that kicked off football, and ever since then, it's been sports all, all day, so, I mean, it's... It's a huge moment. You can't forget it. And it made both of those teams legends. And now they both suck. (laughs) (laughs) That's the unfortunate thing. They both suck. That's a really good one. All right. Coming back to you, Brandon. All right. I'm going to go a Bears and Packers matchup. One when the Bears could actually still beat the Packers. Ah, And that that was way back in 2007. Great times. 2007. Mm. And I remember this one because Erlacher ran back an 80-plus yard touchdown off of Brett Favre. He picks off Brett Favre, runs it all the way back. I remember watching him chugging along all the way down there and then immediately goes to the sideline. Oxygen. Oxygen. (laughs) And gets gets on the oxygen. and, And not yeah, used I, to that. I, I, yeah, he's like, <laughs> man, really I'm, I'm not used to running eighty plus, eighty plus yards. But yeah, that one to pick off, juggle, juggling the pass from Brett Favre, and then running it all the way back, and then yeah, I just remember him immediately going to the sideline, be like, all right, where is it? Where? Yeah, nice. uh, yeah, cold day at Soldier Field, I believe it was. I'm, I'm going with another Devin Hester one. Um, this one because. Greatest return man of all time yeah. in the NFL. Um, I can't quite remember who the heck they were playing, but it was a missed field goal. Hester gets in the 49ers. Was it the Niners? I yeah. believe so. Yeah, I think so. Okay. It was that windy day. Yes, yes. yes. That crazy yes, windy day. The yes. Kick. yes. And I just remembered they missed the field goal and he gets it all the way back in the end zone. He hesitates for a second and then you just see that man bolt. And I not only was I super impressed by just the return. But the wall yeah. of Bears players oh, that yeah. would just let uh, that formed a red, the red swarm, yeah, for uh, Devin Hester and uh, I mean that I love every single Devin Hester return. Like yeah. he was one of the most the ex- most exciting player on mm-hmm. that Bears team. But I mean that one I just love the most because I just love how he just he 110 yards yeah. and he uh, just the fact that he hesitated and was just like 
just was able to go from zero to 20 <laughs> in like a second. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, it was insane. The Giants actually. Oh, was, yeah, the Giants. Was Sunday night oh, football, the, yeah, okay. against the Oof, Giants. Rough. All right. Um, this brings me to my most fiscally beneficial game that I've ever been a part of. There we go. That's what I want. Um, yeah, this once again, I'm going to date myself because I was able to bet on it, and you guys were probably in your single digits still, if even born yet. Well, we won't know until you say. Boise State versus Oklahoma. Oh, okay. I was... I. I I didn't watch that game, but... I watched that game from pillar to post. I actually had money on it. I mm-hmm. had picked Boise State to win outright. They go and do a hook and ladder to get to the point of being able to tie the game with an extra point. Go for two, because why not? They're Boise State and they have nothing to lose. And then... Per- Proceed to run the old school Statue of Liberty you play on a two point conversion to win the game. The running back, who I can't. Ian pro- Johnson. Ian Johnson then proposes to his lifetime girlfriend, longtime girlfriend, after the game because he said if he they won the game, he would propose. Still married, by I the remember, way. I'm still married this. to this yep. day. That's crazy. One I, of I my, completely forgot about that. Just yeah. because of the plays to win the game, mm-hmm. my favorite. Absolutely. I'm going to throw one out there, and then I'm going to give real quick ones as like a, just an update. LSU winning the national championship. Heart-to-heart, LSU fan. I see Joe Burrow cook the Clemson Tigers. Great. (laughs) And then I'll also throw in the kick six, of course, for Auburn, beating Alabama, knocking them out of Nashville. I was at a restaurant watching that, and the whole restaurant went insane. Me too. Everybody went ballistic. And the better part was my general manager was an Alabama fan. Nice. (laughs) And then finally I'm going to throw it out too because Michael Crabtree is one of my favorite Texas oh. Tech catch to win the game against Texas. Yes. Stayed in bounds. I don't know how we did it. Absolutely. But my friend, you made me very happy. You made me a fan. And you made my brother also a lot of money. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week. Next week, one year anniversary of Blow the Whistle. We are going to have a extravaganza with multiple, multiple people coming in and joining us. Maybe some celebs. Maybe not. I can make a few There's celebrities in our eyes. Celebrities in our eyes, for sure. We are the celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, this is me, David Dykstra. I'm Andrew Valentin. Brandon Janoska. Tyler Buterbaugh. Saying so long from below the whistle. Up next, it's Roberto Lopez's Wide World of Sports, or as we like to call it, Robbie Lo- Robbie's World of Sports. Coming up next here on SportstownChicago.com.